y'all. This is the Walking Well Podcast, and I am your host, Jalon Martz. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for so much for tuning in. It's such an honor and a privilege to be able to kind of host this space where um, women, and I guess men sometimes too, maybe guys, fellas, if you're out there, can gather around and just receive wisdom and get understanding for how to live life well. It's so my passion to see people skip the scraped knees and the unnecessary wounds to move forward in the things that God has called them to. So kudos for that. And, you know, for you coming here to get that from the Lord, you know, because this is not, you know, about me in any way, shape or form. I probably wouldn't be doing it if it were, if it were. <laughs> so, um, you know, when we started talking about this month's topic. It was October and we had 90 days left in 2018. And now we have so much fewer days than that. Um, but we are spending some time really discussing what's holding you back. I think it's really important as we get ready to hit a new year that we examine where we are as we begin to set the trajectory for where we're going, where God is calling us to and how we're going to get there. And so we spent some time in October just talking about like fear and how fear tries to squish us and make us play small when God has called us to be big and take up space in this world and in the earth and in our cultures and in our societies. And so we have to kick fear in the face. We have to know what God says about us, know that truth, walk in that truth, operate from that truth to be as effective as he's calling us to be. Um, And then last week we talked about comparison and how comparison is equally poisonous. Um, Comparison is used by the enemy Uh, to get us to play small, to get us to be so preoccupied with what other people are doing, what other people have, that we don't pay attention to what God has called us to steward and to grow and to see excel in our lives. And so the antidote to comparison is to be authentic and to be who God has called us to be and to spend time developing that and um, curating all of those skills, all of those talents, all those gifting so that we can be as effective again as God is calling us to be in the earth. And so today we're going to take another stab at um, something that I think is really important, especially in the body of Christ, and that's trauma. Um, I think, you know, as believers, sometimes we have this tendency to be super dumb, deep and spiritual and dysfunctional um, in our souls. And that is so not God's best for us. You know, we think that, you know, to be spiritual is more important than to be practical when we don't have to, um, take one or the other. They're not mutually exclusive. We can be both spiritual and practical. And, you know, I think a lot of times about Jesus's ministry where, you know, he met people's physical, practical needs. If someone was lame, if someone was sick, if someone was a leper, if someone had an issue of blood, he didn't go, oh, let me see your soul. What's happening there? We just need to address that and everything else will line up. No, he actually met their physical need as well as their spiritual needs. And so as believers, I really think it's important that we pay attention to the practical, to the 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 not so um i mean th- we think they're not spiritual but they are very much those spiritual kind of needs and so i just want to take some time and talk about trauma and our mental health our spiritual soul health you know because that's a big deal too so to start off i think it's really important that we define what exactly constitutes uh trauma so Trauma, I like kind of the analogy is like a um, little, if you've ever seen those little sapling oak trees or little sapling trees on the side of the road, whenever um, maybe like a new development, new housing development is being put in place, or, you know, we just want to beautify a major thoroughfare. Some people or the city sometimes will place these small trees and they'll have like little 
oh, Terry, I don't know. They're just tethered down, but they're small. Um, but if someone were to take like a piece of metal or a rock and scrape that small sapling of a tree, the tree would continue to grow, but it would grow with that scrape in it. And so no matter how big it got, you would see this very visible scrape in the oak tree because the tree just grows around it. It doesn't fill in that scrape. It doesn't heal over that scrape. That scrape remains in the oak tree, even as it grows and matures and continues to live on many, many years later. And so people are like that. We experience deep woundings and dysfunctions from trauma, from scrapings in our oak trees. And this can be, like I said, embarrassment. It could be hurt. Um, it could be abuse that we've experienced, mental, emotional, financial But all of these things cause us to live out of a compromised or damaged soul. You know, a lot of times we just keep moving. I say oftentimes um, that people walk through life and we're the walking wounded. You've got dysfunction. You've got hurt. You've got trauma. You've got pain. Things that have happened to you that cause you to to walk through life with a limp, to walk through life um, with with like this broken, bent out of shape, compromised soul. Um, because of the pain, the hurt, the wounding, the abuse that you've endured. Um, and this is especially true of Christians. You know, a lot of times, like I said, we want to be very deep, but we don't want to be practical. We don't want to practically look at what's happened to us and how it's affected us and how it affects the way that we relate to ourselves and to those around us, um, that we can sort of close off that space in us and that's that period of time and not address what it is. And that that just means it didn't happen. It doesn't affect us. We have this compartmentalization that we think we, we can do and it doesn't spill over into the other areas of our lives, but that is so not the case with or without Jesus. That's just not how life, that's not how the soul was designed. That's not how the soul works. You know, we are spirit. We are in a body. We possess a soul. And so when you come to Jesus, you get a new soul or you get a new spirit. I'm sorry. Your spirit is made alive unto Christ, right? But it's your soul that has to catch up to spirit realities. And so it's good. It's so good to sit and reflect in your quiet time and to think about why you do what you do. That's necessary. That should be something that we're actually practically doing in our quiet times and those times that we spend with the Lord and in his word and in prayer. He should be able to say, hey, why'd you do this? What's going on here? All right, I need you to show me that thing that you're hiding behind your back that really hurt your feelings, but you're trying to act like it didn't. I need you to hand that to me and be honest with me and be vulnerable with me. Um, But it's also really good to have a skilled and qualified therapist, guys. Um, I'm of the school of faith that says, say your prayers and take your meds. (laughs) Do both. Those are not mutually exclusive. Um, God has put wisdom in the earth in the form of doctors and counselors and super smart people. Um, And he's also put his word in the earth. Employ his word, employ your faith and take the Tylenol. Same goes with spiritual hurt and spiritual pain. Employ the word, speak the word, pray the word, see a trained, skilled therapist. Do both. Why not? If you can have soul prosperity um, and be prosperous and have money, why would you not want that? You would want both, right? You don't have to pick one or the other. You don't have to be poor and love Jesus. You could also love Jesus and be wealthy. It's okay. You can do both. You can do both. Um, And this isn't just something that I'm making up, yo. Okay. So listen. Uh, I believe the scripture is 3 John 1 and 2. 
Um, may just be two that really says, uh, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And so our soul is the seat of our emotions, our seat of our will. It's our thinker, our feeler and our chooser. And so if um, the assumption is that you're in Christ, your soul is prospering because you're in Christ, your soul is prospering. Then when we find ourselves in place where we don't have wholeness of soul, where our soul is not sober, um, rather our soul is sick and broken and dysfunctional, um, we've got to take the necessary steps to see that rectified. And so um, use your word for sure, but also employ the natural wisdom in the earth. Go see a counselor. Um, and you know, can we talk about how biblical counsel is real quick? Cause I think it's really important that we discuss that. Um, so you're given all sorts of instruction about your inner man and your inner life, right? Uh, Proverbs 4, 23 says, guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. Um, and that's just saying, Hey, what's happening in your soul. I think it's Proverbs 20, you know, y'all, I'm not going to reference it. It's Proverbs 20 something, but it says, Hey, as a man thinketh, so is he, which basically points to the reality that you're living from your soul reality, whatever's going on in the inside of you is your reality. No matter how much you pretend, um, about what's happening on the outside, no matter what kind of airs you put on. What's happening on the inside of you is your reality. That's where you're living from. That's where you're choosing from. That's where you're loving or fearing from. What's happening on the inside of you is your reality. Um, And so to say peace, peace, when there is no peace is a lie, right? So for you to be like, I'm cool, I'm good, I'm gravy, but you're dealing with molestation, you're dealing with abuse, you're dealing with um, deep disappointment, you're dealing with backbiting, you're dealing with rejection, you're dealing with abandonment to say that all those things are not affecting you and are not causing you to make choices colored by those events and those feelings and those thoughts um, is to only deceive and to fool yourself. And so to think that we're going to be successful, to think that we're going to be as effective, to think that we're going to go as far in God as God wants us to go, but to not address the trauma, to not address the pain, to not address the abandonment, the rejection, the feelings of unworthiness, the self-hate is to only fool ourselves. We absolutely have to sit down and examine what's going on in our soul. What is the reality of as I think of myself? What is the reality of as I see myself? What is the reality of as I believe about myself? We absolutely have to examine that. And it's wise to do so with counsel. Proverbs 24 is one of my favorite um, chapters of Proverbs for many reasons. But One of the verses, I want to say around five or six, um, it says, hey, in the multitude of counsel, there's safety. And from that place, you can wage a a successful war. Um, You know, in this life as believers, we're going to have trouble. We have an enemy. Um, And so we are very much so in a battle and in a war. You know, Joyce Meyer put out a book years ago, The Battlefield of the Mind. So much of our, our life is lived kind of in this uh, paradigm of, of, of good versus evil. Um, the protagonist versus the antagonist, the good guy versus the enemy, you know? And so to wage a successful war, um, to be successful in your endeavors, to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth in your life, in your finances, in your parenting, in your career, um, in your relationships, you have to have counsel. And so in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. Um, and, and 
from that place, you can wage a successful war. Um, there's safety in seeking out counsel. You never want to make decisions in a vacuum, meaning you never want to be your only counsel, your only sounding board, because uh, there are things that you don't see. There are blind spots you are completely unaware of. There are perspectives that you have not even considered. Um, and so it's important to seek counsel. Um, a lot of times, guys, man, we are moving through the world and and living through our dysfunction, living through our trauma, living through our hurt feelings and our disappointments and our delusions and disillusionment. And we're making poor choices because of it. We are self-sabotaging because of it. We are being afraid. We are comparing. We are um, choosing the lesser road, choosing the easy way out because of the dysfunction that we have embraced because of trauma. Um, and so I really encourage you to sit down with someone, sit down with someone who's, who's skillful, sit down with someone who's trained. You know, my background is in mental health. And so you really, um, lay counselors are very good. You know, if you pick a lay counselor, someone who's not necessarily trained or has a, a, a formal education in counseling, you want to make sure that you see fruit off of their life. You want to make sure that, what they've got going on, you know, you would want replicated in your life. Not to say that lay counselors are not good. It's just a different process of vetting. Um, if you decide to go with someone who is a licensed therapist, I would really suggest finding someone who's faith based just because um, they understand your the lines. They understand the perspective. They understand the calling and the standard and can hold you to that. Um because uh, to say that you have trauma and that's an out for um, not having to walk in godly character is just simply not true, you know, um, but there is healing. There is, uh, you know, the scriptures say that he's come to bind up the brokenhearted to declare the year of freedom to the captives and to set them free. So trauma is not an excuse to stay bound or to stay broken. Rather, I would love to see us deal with our trauma so that we can be as free as Christ's blood has purchased um, for us to be free. If my words are not making sense and I'm putting words together in an awkward way, it's because it's late and my brain is really trying to do this right now. <laughs> but yeah, the goal is to deal with trauma. Um, you need counsel because you have to see things differently. You want to hear things differently and you need additional tools. Um, there are some things that you just don't have in your toolbox. Nobody's giving you. That's a, this is why we need community. We've been placed within the body as it's, as it suits the Lord because we have gifts that other people need and talents and skills and abilities and tools. Other people have those things for us as well. And so it's super, super, super important. Um, that we get connected with people that are further along in life than we are because they have something to hand down to us. They have something to hand down to us, not just for us, but for our generation. And so if you look at your life and you see, um, especially within your bloodline, within your family, that there's some holes, um, there's some deficiencies, it's important to fill in those holes. It's important to get the tools so that your kids are not going to experience that or those who come after you, if you're not interested in having kids, <laughs> that those come after you. Um, those that you're connected to also don't have to deal with those deficiencies because you've been equipped. And so you want to hand down, just like the scriptures say, pass on to faithful men, that which you've learned of me, like continue to pass on the skills and the tools. You don't have it because someone else didn't have it to give to you. And so you want to be the one that changes that in your generation um, for the better, you know? And so if you come from a long line of divorce, yo, Get the skills and get the get the get the healing that you need to not repeat that cycle. Um, 
to not make that a lifestyle for your generations, to not make that the reality for your generations or the final say for your generations. If you come from a long line of addiction, hey, that has affected you in some way, shape or form. Um, Get the skills, get the tools, get the wisdom that you need to not have that repeat itself in your bloodline. Um, You know, there's so much. I think about like sexual trauma that happens to women and not just within their families, but just generations of women that have dealt with assault. Um, Yo, we have got to begin to interrupt that cycle because that is an assault on, on, on the Zoe life, on the sanctity and the sobriety of our souls, on the wholeness of our souls and not just our souls, but our daughter's souls. Because what you don't realize sometimes about trauma is that it's not contained in a bottle that in some way, shape or form, if we refuse to get the word of God and apply it and refuse to get help and get support, it just, it filters down through our bloodline, not through natural blood, but through environment, through choices, the way that we talk to each other, through the way that we interact with each other, even through the things that we fear, because our fears are, man, our kids are aware of the things that we're afraid of. We interact with them based on those fears, based on the belief that someone's going to get them or, oh, someone's going to take them from us or, oh, untimely death and all of that. Like, no, interrupt that. Interrupt that so that it stops with you. So deal with your trauma. God has things that he's put in you to get in the earth. Don't let trauma undealt with trauma, hurt, scrapes, pain. Keep the kingdom from coming in your life for the benefit of you, but also for the benefit of those that you touch and impact. So I encourage you, if you need to sit down and reflect, reflect. If you need to go a step further and get a counselor, get a counselor. Do what you need to do to move forward. Do what you need to do to move your kids forward. Do what you need to do to move yourself forward. You know, I think about Abraham and how um, in Genesis, God said, hey, go for yourself and your family. Go for you and your generations. Do what you need to do to move you forward, to be healthy, to be whole. Um, Sometimes we have to remove ourselves from the status quo and the norm and the culture of our immediate circles to move forward. Do what you need to do. Do what you already know you need to do. Um, Because trauma, cyclical trauma especially, does not have to continue does not need to continue. We need the kingdom to come. We need you to be who God is calling you to be. We need you to be bold and to be confident and to be set free. Hello, because that's a testimony. And that makes people, that helps other people believe that it's possible for them. If you can move past trauma, if you can move past poverty, if you can move past divorce, if you can move past self-hate and you can tell your story, other people are going to believe that it's possible for them. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God because those that come to God must first believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If they don't think that God is real, that they're stuck in their situation, that there is nothing um, stronger than depression, nothing stronger than anxiety, nothing stronger than um, than infertility. If they don't know that there is a God who moves beyond those things, who's bigger and better than those things, they can't really believe it for themselves, can they? they haven't seen it if they don't know anybody that's experienced it but if you go hey I dealt with that this has been a part of my this was a part of my life and it is no longer what a testimony to the faithfulness to the bigness to the power wisdom and goodness of God that is how the kingdom moves forward 
when people know that they know that they know that God is real and you pass that along and you carry that forward and you say, this is who I was, but this is who I am because of the blood and because of Jesus's sacrifice and because of his spirit on the inside of me. So I encourage you to deal with your trauma. I encourage you, um, like I have been these past few weeks, kick fear in the face, kill comparison this week. We are, it's just time's up. It's time's up. We are saying it's over for trauma. It's done. It's not, you know, that song is just, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Anything that you're a slave to that you do habitually, that's your master. And we're not slaves. No longer. We are no longer slaves to our trauma. Like that's what's not happening anymore. So I encourage you deal with your trauma, pull all the cards out, all the stops and stuff your pockets, deal with it call a spade a spade see what's actually there why do you do that thing why do you hide why do you get quiet why do you get um insanely angry why what's there what happened when did you change when did the the script flip what went on and why and are we willing to take that to the feet of the cross are we willing to process that with another person with a third party so that we can be free because there is, uh, we, uh, the ceiling on what God wants to do is the ceiling of our vulnerability, our truthfulness, and our trauma. If we're not willing to allow God to be master and Lord over our trauma and do what needs to be done, that will be the ceiling for what he can do in our lives because we refuse to allow him to touch that. So I'm here for no ceilings. Team no ceilings, okay? That's that's where I'm at. Team no ceilings. Um. So deal with it, deal with the trauma, lay it all on the table, process it, get with the word, get with the Lord, get with the counselor, um, get a different perspective, see things differently, get the tools that you need to undo the works of the enemy in your life. So that's all I got for you guys. Make it an amazing week. You're in it. The week isn't, the week is on, y'all. It's on, it's countdown to Thanksgiving, <laughs> which for a teacher means break, hallelujah. So Anyway, make it a great week. Boss it out. Be amazing. Be bold. Be courageous. Uh, be vulnerable. And then be powerful. Love you guys. Bye. <laughs>